Thanks, Sarah. I got so into listening, I forgot to put on a microphone. Anyway, morning, everybody. We're thrilled to be able to celebrate uh, Graduation Sunday. Um, yeah, let's hear it. Um, I just want to share a couple things before we bring the graduates up uh, and just honor them and bless them. Um, you know, one of my favorite scriptures, I gave my life to Christ shortly after um, I got out of high school, actually. Um, so uh, one of the scriptures that I was drawn to, and maybe this is true of you, this is kind of a graduation scripture, I think, is in Philippians 4.13. Some of you might be familiar with it, but we're going to learn a scripture this morning. Okay, just one verse. Don't worry. You may already know it. We're going to do it in the New King James. And here it is. Let's read it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right, now everybody close their eyes. No cheating. Okay, except for me. And we're, I'm going to read it. Let's read it together again, okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What a great scripture, isn't it? You can do all things. Yeah, when I, when I first read that scripture, I thought that means I could do all things, like, like everything, anything. And it didn't take me very long after I gave my life to Christ to realize it wasn't exactly that, right? You ever read scriptures like, well, that can't mean that because I couldn't be a ballerina. I, I realized that pretty quick. It's like, well, that if it's all things, it should mean a ballerina. And I don't think I have that anointment. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I even ever had a desire to be in politics. You pick your thing, right? Whatever it is, it's like, so that's really not what Paul means here. And this isn't really what Jesus is communicating, but he does say it, right? So he does mean you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. How many of you are like, you love the gym? I've now, I mean, I used to love the gym, like to play basketball, things like that. Played a lot of sports when I was growing up. But I was never like a big, you know, go in the gym, into the weight room gym, right? Where all the mirrors are and all the smells that are kind of different. Not that I was necessarily opposed to that because I slept in the same bedroom with my brother Sean and he was always in the gym like that. But um, I, I think it was because I didn't play football, so I was a baseball player, I was a pitcher, and I had coaches that told me, be very careful what you do, you can mess up your shoulder with lifting. So I would lift weights, don't get me wrong, but I was never that guy that was, I know this shocks you guys, that I was never that guy that was in the gym all the time, right? I admired the people that were in the gym. Great to go to the gym. I played basketball. I didn't want to slow myself down to turtle pace because I was barely a speedy turtle to start with. So I had all of these different reasons. But anyway, over the years, some, both my brothers were football players. They were those guys that were in there and made a lot of sense. It was protecting their body. It was for safety. Everybody does it for health reasons, whatever. Great things. But there was always a couple of things about the gym that always has humored me, right? Like, have you ever noticed the guys, they're just so ripped, they're huge, they got the big biceps and triceps, their shoulders, they got that thing on their stomach that looks like it's really not right. It's like, they call it a washboard. Instead of like a keg, it's a washboard. And, but then there's, there's those guys that have that, like they're humongous up top, but they come out and they have chicken legs. You ever notice? Not, not all of them. Some of them, 
you know, work their legs. But some of it's like, he's going to tip over. He's got chicken legs, right? And you think, and I, I'm like, what, what's that about? And I realized that one day I was going into my bathroom and I walked in and I, I looked and my mirror in my bathroom is like from here up. So those guys, those poor guys, they need longer mirrors. Like they never see that what their legs look like. And that's how we are. We want it to look a certain way. We want to look strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or how about your back? Like there's nobody, the reason that people don't generally, unless they're really paying attention to their bodies, the reason they don't generally go on the back machines when they go, everybody wants to do curls, they want to do bench press, all that stuff, because that's what we see, right? We don't see our back. I mean, how many of you haven't seen your back in a while, right? You just don't see it, so why put any work into it? It's funny, though, I was at some graduation parties yesterday, and, and you know, when you get as old as me, you go, you kind of gravitate towards some older people. And the conversation almost in those settings, when you're talking about accomplishment for the young people and these great things that are going on, it's always like, you know, it kind of gravitates at some point. It might be the weather, but it's almost always about ailments, like old people ailments. Two ailments that come up are the things that don't get worked on all the time in the, in the weight room. It's what? It's, oh, my legs hurt. I feel like I can hardly walk, and my back is killing me, right? So there's just, so it's not just all about our looks. So when this scripture, when we read this scripture, we can make this think that this is about Jesus wanting me to look good. That's what this scripture's about. But no, what this scripture's about is it's about Jesus wanting me to be good, wanting you to be good. And for those that really are into taking care of their body and working out and stuff, they recognize that there's this thing, and you've all heard this before, it's called what? It's called the core. you got to work on your core, right? And that's literally what this scripture is talking about, because the key word to me here is strengthens. God strengthens us. He wants to strengthen us. Now, there's a few, um, I want to say, unexpected factors real quick that God can and will, if we allow him to, use in our lives to strengthen our core, the way that God sees our core, our inner person. And not just for our graduates, although certainly for our graduates, I want to send you off with these three words. It can go either way, these three words, but I believe these three words are three words that God wants to use in your life and mine in order to strengthen our core. The first word is fear. Everyone has to deal with fear. Graduates and every one of us, we have fears and we have to deal with them. The second word is pain. And we will all have pain. We all have had pain and will have pain in our lives. And the third word is failure. Now, fear, this first word, is a real common word in Scripture. It's actually one of the topics that's talked about the most. Jesus talks about fear a lot. He tells us to not fear. There are some things that we should be afraid of, though, right? Things that are damaging to us and harmful. We should be afraid of those things. But when we talk about having a healthy relationship with fear... What Jesus is generally talking about, and when the scripture talks about wanting to strengthen us so we can do all things, 
is have a healthy understanding of fear and how on the other side of fear is what God is inviting me to. It will at times take me needing to go past the roadblock of fear to get to the freedom that God has for me. In other words, we're called to live courageously, right? See, faith is simply, in, in one term, it's simply a positive or optimistic projection of your future. When you and I walk in faith, all we're doing is we're having optimism and faith in certainly Jesus, but also in good things coming our way. We're optimistic. We project that. That's what faith is about. When we think about having a better world or a better future, a better you, a better me, we're, we're, we're walking in faith. It's a projection of hope. And optimism. It's a positive thing. Fear, in, in many ways, is just the opposite of that. Fear most times, not every time, but most times, fear is a negative projection of your future. It's you literally activating faith in the negative. And me, when we do it, it's like, how many times have you feared something that it never came upon us? The problem is, is when it becomes a roadblock to your future. When fear becomes the thing that holds you back from living into what God created you to be. See, freedom is on the other side of fear. Fear, if we allow it, young people and all of us, if we allow fear to be the thing that dictates our life, it begins to establish a cage. You literally begin to plant yourself in an area. The invitation here, I believe, when Paul says to... to, um, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, is to be courageous, to move past our fears. One of my greatest fears in high school was if anybody would have ever asked me to to do any kind of public speaking, I dreaded it. I didn't mind raising my hand at times in class, but the last thing I wanted was a teacher to stand me up in front of the class and do public speaking. I remember joking around because one of the electives in high school was speech. And I would laugh about it and I'd say, who would be dumb enough to take speech and stand in front of people and give speeches? Who who wants to do that? That's insane. And I know that the biggest thing that I was afraid of and intimidated by was the humiliation of it. Like how humiliating would that be if you messed up in front of people after you spoke and you said something dumb? Story of my life pretty much every Sunday at this point. I was so afraid of it. And then I gave my life to Christ, and it wasn't too long after that that Claire and I got involved in ministry. And lo and behold, the pastor and the the leaders in the church asked me to speak on a Sunday. The pastor left town, and I think I know why. He didn't want to see the results of what was about to happen. He wasn't there on that Sunday. But anyway, I'll never forget the first time I spoke on a Sunday. Man, I was having dreams about being naked from the waist down because we had a pulpit, you know. I'd have, start having those nightmares like, what if I forget my pants or, you know, your, your zipper's down or all these crazy things. That was all happening to me. Finally, I got up there and I thought, I am really ready. And I was going to deliver. And I got up and I gave like the worst talk that I could have ever given that day. I've given a lot more since, but that day, that was a bad one. Tuesday, we did a recap, and somebody came into the meeting, uh, into our creative meeting, and a couple of people said, well, Scott, I don't know if you knew it, but a a family left the church because I was speaking on the excellence of God, and I blumbered through the whole thing. It was horrible. It really was horrible. 
And I wanted to cry, and I thought, this is what humiliation feels like. This is why nobody should be this stupid to do this. But there was something in me that I knew God was inviting me to make a difference on the earth by standing in front of people, even the thing that I very feared at the very core of me. But I knew it was God's invitation. What is, what is it that you are afraid of? And how are you letting that affect what you're doing in your life. Don't allow fear to dictate what God has for you. You run into that fear. You may get humiliated. Some of the things that you fear may happen, but if God is inviting it to, for you and you are created to do that, you go for it because that's God's plan and God will be with you in that. What courageous action can you and I take to move past it? The second word is this word, pain. It's interesting because um, medical experts and surgeons kind of once surveyed uh, the ones that deal with the highest level athletes in the world, like the NBA basketball, professional sports, things like that, college sports. Most of those experts in general, when surveyed, they'll, when asked this question, like how long for certain types of surgeries, like let's say a, an intense injury to a professional athlete, how long is the restoration process? What is the recovery process? And, and survey after survey comes back and it says, well, some injuries at that level will take three months to recover from. Some injuries will take two years to recover from. From Same injury, but some people will take two years. Same professional athlete or a different professional athlete might take two years, and they may not fully recover after two years. Some may never recover and may never play that sport again. And they say the defining factor is in the recovery has to do with the person's internal mindset toward pain. In other words, the pain of recovery becomes the boundary that can keep you from greatness. It is painful to recover from injury. Ask anyone that's been injured. Ask anyone that's had to go through any kind of physical restoration. It takes pain. But it's not just about our physical being. There's emotional pain, and there's psychological pain, and there's mental pain. Some of us have been loved, and we're in a relationship, and there was betrayal, the thing that we thought would never happen. And that has made us feel like because of that pain, we've set up a boundary of, I will never love again because of that pain. Some have been hurt by uh, what they thought was God because maybe they were hurt by other people. Maybe they were hurt by the church or whatever. And they thought, I'll just never do the church thing again. I'll never do the faith thing again because people are just too damaging. And I don't know that God really cares and that pain becomes the boundary. The, the pain, the hurt of the pain, the injury, is very real. It's never to minimize that. But the pain, but, but confronting that pain and moving forward is the, and is the place of moving past the boundary. The pain itself, in other words, is not the real boundary. It's what we set up in case we don't move forward. Question number two, how is pain attempting to limit your life? Don't allow it to limit your life. The the hurts that happen to you, the injuries that happen in our lives and will happen in our lives are real. But there is a way to move past the boundary 
that goes on in our mind, in our heart, in our psyche. Don't Don't let that pain become a boundary in your life. Move past it. And then this beautiful word, failure. Your greatest future, my greatest future, is on the other side of failure. Anyone that tells you that failure is something they're trying to eliminate from their life is simply someone that is saying to you, I will not attempt to do anything. Failure is a reality of every life. Sarah Blakely was a 25-year-old young woman in Florida selling fax machines door-to-door in the hot Florida sun. She was magnificent at it, it said. And at 25 years old, she was going to a party one evening, and she had decided, well, a couple of things. She had decided because she didn't like the way that her nylons looked at the end of her toes when she wore sandals walking door-to-door, but it was a company policy. She didn't like the look. She didn't like how hot it was. So she decided one night she was going to a private party that she would cut her nylons up higher. They were under her pants, but she would cut them up higher. And she went to the party. And she realized that, gosh, this is a great idea. And she started to try to market this to different companies, different manufacturers. This is a great idea of fashion wear for women Sarah Blakely would start what we now know as Spanx after multiple times of being told this is not a good idea. Finally, a manufacturer took it. She became, before 30 years old, at that point in her life, the youngest billionaire female self-made in the world. She took what seemed like failure and people telling her no, and she just kept at it. One of the things that Sarah Blakely said that her dad did with her every week, they would sit at the family table, and her father would ask one question at least once a week, how have you failed this week? And then the follow-up was, and what have you learned from your failure? Because he wanted to train her and the family in not being afraid of failure. We have all failed The only people that don't fail are those that don't do anything. One person says it this way, fail big, fail bold, and fail undeniably. There is much richness of learning and growth that comes from our failing. One of the best failures of my academic career was in seventh grade. I had a horrible seventh grade, and I was in library science. It was... It was a class that, it was one of those classes that you go into and they kind of give you at least a B just because you showed up. Well, I decided I wasn't going to show up, which was really kind of unlike me, but I was really having a hard time as a seventh grader. Came to the end of the report card marking, and I was a pretty good student, but I got an E in library science. I was devastated. It was almost like a taste in my mouth what that failure was like and it felt like. And I I told myself as a seventh grader, I will never feel this feeling again. I, I will never let this happen in my life again. By the time I would graduate from high school, I would be 
the student athlete of my class, the male student athlete of my class. And I look back on that, that failure in seventh grade as one of the key moments in my life. Never again was that going to happen. How have you failed? And what have you learned or are you learning from your failure? Failure is going to come. You get out there and fail away, guys. Because on the other side of your failure, if you allow God to work in your life properly, is something remarkable. One person says this. It says it is important that we're willing to fail. The worst thing, the absolute worst thing that can happen when you fail is you'll at least become memorable. I love it. But the most important part of this verse, if we can go back to it, I can do all things through Christ. Everyone say through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, just in our humanity, the way Claire beautifully said it earlier, the way God's created us, we all, God has a plan for all of our lives, and we all have this incredible capacity as humans. But what Paul is saying here is there is this super capacity through Christ. If you want to live your greatest life, Paul here is saying it's through Jesus Christ. That's how we live into our best life. So, just so everyone knows, I was not the female student athlete. <laughs> I want to just say our graduates have so much story here today. I want them all to come on up and just welcome them. And even as you see their, their um, pictures on the screen, just come on, welcome them and... Come on, give them props. Tell them how proud you are of them. Tell them you know they've had pain, they've failed, they've, they've been afraid, and they, but they just they keep getting up. I don't know which one of our kids actually said something about the fact that, you know, just tell us to get up on our feet. We can do it. We can do it. Right? You got your hair cut. I like it. And, you know, I, I love the fact that you guys, I know you've failed. I know you've had pain. I know you guys. I, I know some of your stories. And so I know things have gone on, right? So aren't these, like, fabulous human beings? They made it. In fact, today you're going to be the parade. You're walking across. You're doing it, right? So I'm going to start. Let's start with Graham. And, and Graham, you've got this. You're going to study business. Oh, my gosh. Highest honors all four years. Um, participated in the Lynx program, top student award for algebra, geometry, and intro to industry. All right. Yeah. And you're going to Albion College. Yeah. There's some people here. Alumni love Albion College and uh, plans on building houses in Florida or Lake Michigan one day. How about Lake Michigan? You, Scott and I will be your guinea pigs. Like you just, if we could get some funding. We'll, okay. <laughs> And then, okay, everybody, let's, uh, let's read Graham's favorite Bible verse together. Are you ready? My, my flesh, flesh and my heart, heart may fail, but, but God is the strength of my heart and my, my portion forever. forever. Yeah, beautiful. That's like a forever scripture yeah, for you. Is. You're going to yeah, get to carry that with you everywhere you go mm-hmm. through fear, through pain, and through failure. Keep that scripture. 
All right. So everybody, one more time. Come on, Graham. Be blessing, Graham. We're going to pray over you, and we're just proud of you. Go ahead, Ron, wherever you want to go next. Hey, Anna Zaharsky. Oh, just a few of her high school accomplishments. Graduated with high honors, participated in Lynx program, won academic all-state and academic all-conference. She was an athlete. Uh, Four-year varsity letter winner for cross-country. Woohoo! Come on, let's see it right now. Just take a couple laps around the... Future plans, Anna will be attending Lansing Community College to pursue a career in early childhood education. And, and whoever's had Anna in their Sunday school and love her, just go ahead and give out a shout. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and we just, we're so grateful. And then your favorite Bible verse. Let's read it together, everybody. Be strong, be strong and, and courageous. courageous. Do, Do not, not be afraid. afraid. Do, Do not, not be discouraged. discouraged. For the the Lord Lord your God God will be with you wherever you go. I mean, through fear, through pain, through failure. That scripture is going to work, right? That is a great scripture for your whole life. So give it up for Anna. We're going to pray for her and bless her. All right, Eliana. Eliana with the new haircut. Varsity cheerleading four years, Marshall Singers, give her a microphone right now. (laughs) Member of the National Honor Society for two years, senior class representative, and completed multiple AP courses, including AP Biology, Statistics, Literature, Psychology, Government, and Calculus, and finished her senior year seventh in her class. Way to go. And wait, could you do one of those poses for us that we know you can do? I mean, have you seen her senior pictures? Like, she's, she's the ballerina, Scott. You could learn from Eliana. I don't, I don't think there's any hope for me in that, right? <laughs> I, I appreciate the dancers. <laughs> so her future plan, she's going to hail to the victor's valiant, hail to the conquering here, victory for MSU. <laughs> Got to give equal time. All right. So fa- <laughs> favorite Bible verse together, everybody. Ready? I praise praise you because because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Through fear, through pain, through failure, you're going to know that word, Eliana, and it's going to be in you, and it will carry you. So let's bless Eliana, everybody. Hey, Ezra. Ezra graduated with honors, academic all-conference during football, participated in the Lynx program, all-state junior and senior in football, earned 10 varsity letters, nationally ranked in football, and 31 full-ride scholarship offers to play football at Division I schools. So that's awesome, Ezra. All right, all right. I, can, do you want to show everybody the washboard? <laughs> Okay. No, don't. Okay. (laughs) Only if somebody shows the keg, but anyhow. All right. And so then Ezra will be attending Vanderbilt University on a full ride scholarship to play football while pursuing a degree in business. And his favorite Bible verse, everybody together, even Even when I I walk walk through through the the darkest valley, valley, I will will not be afraid for you you are are close close beside me. me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me through fear, through pain, through failure. That, I mean, any dark valley, Ezra, just keep that right in your heart, in your mouth. Say it out loud. It's going to carry you. So everybody, let's give it up for Ezra. 
Hey, Zaylin. Zaylin, honor roll, offered a scholarship to Siena Heights to play football. You know, that's a good Catholic college. That's where my son did his undergraduate. And you know what I loved about Siena Heights? This was the best part. The nun who's like in the boss of everything. At the intake, she said, and if your kids are drinking, they will have a come to Jesus meeting with me. <laughs> So don't you love having someone watching over your kids? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zaylin's future plan. Well, you know what, Zaylin? Um, undecided. So, you know, um, Scott actually thought he was going to be an engineer. Aren't yeah. you glad he didn't sure. do it? And he started out doing all that calculus and stuff that I could never understand what in the world he was talking about. But then he had the vision of, and the dream behind the pulpit. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be a pastor, but just don't let that go out of your head. It's entirely possible. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Anyway, not, not prophesying, but it's entirely possible. All right. And together with Zalen, are you ready? Be strong, strong and, and courageous. courageous. Do, Do not, not be, be afraid, afraid or terrified because, because of them. For the, the Lord, Lord your God goes with you, and, and he, he will, will never leave you nor forsake you. you. Through fear, through pain through failure, God's going to be walking with you. Amen. You know Amen. that, right? And you're going to have a church paying, praying for all you guys. We, we commit to pray for our graduates. It's not like you go and we forget that you were here, right? right? You guys are always going to be in our hearts. So you turn around and look at your people. <laughs> Let's give it up for Zaylin. And then the whole crew. Standing O, everybody. Standing O. <laughs> Yeah. And um, do you guys want to applaud your church for encouraging you, for baptizing you, for speaking the word over you, for getting up in your business, for saying things, right? Yeah, it's good. It's a good relationship. And one of the things that we want, you know, just for you guys to know is we want to hear your voice. I'll never forget when one of the young people went to college and they told us, you know, if, if you guys would have told us this, it probably would have helped me with my transition into college. And um, I want to say that we're going to keep those conversations going. We've got a gift for each of you. And um, it's like, it's really awesome. You've got a gift card, but then you have homework. Okay, so two books that Scott and I have written, we're giving you. And there's an appointment to meet with us after you look at, you take the inventory we encourage you to take. And um, then you get a private, you get a private meeting with us. Okay? And isn't, doesn't this sound exciting? Don't you guys, aren't you glad I never did that to you guys? And, um, and so we want to meet with you guys because one of the things that um, Scott and I want to say to you is the most important work you'll ever do is your own inner work. You do the work in your own soul, you're going to be able to climb high. If your structure is solid, it, you can do a high rise right? If your base is strong, you're going to be able to do things you could never do on your own, but you'll do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So, you know, um, God spoke you forth before the foundations of the world and said, Zalen, Anna, Ezra, Graham, Eliana, your face was in God's heart before your parents met. Nothing is impossible for you with God. 
So let's pray for our, our awesome friends here. And anybody who wants to come up, if you're safe, if you're not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can't. Is it still COVID? I don't know. We have no idea what to do. But if you've been fully vaccinated and you want to come up and pray for the kids, or if you're their parents and you're in their pod, you know, come on up. Let's just come on up and, and surround them and, and thank God for the gifts that are in our midst. We can only imagine how the world is going to be affected by Zalen. We bless Zalen in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we say that he will be strong and courageous and that you will never leave him or forsake him. And we say, God, we see Jesus in Zalen. We're grateful for his presence in our midst. And we know that wherever he puts the soles of his feet, you're walking with him. He will be strong and courageous. And Lord, and we proclaim over Zalen's life, Zalen can do all things that you have designed him and created him to do. So we bless him to live into that fully. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And for Anna, we thank God for Anna. Thank God that she has the heart of compassion, that she has eyes that are warm, that she has a desire to affect people, children, and we see Jesus in Anna. And we're so grateful, God, for the ways that she has been with us over these years and the the ways we've seen her grow. We can only imagine the kind of woman she's going to be in this world. We know the plans that you have for her, God. They're good, good plans. And she can be strong and courageous. And now will we proclaim over Anna that Anna can do all things that, God, you have designed for her to do and live into through Christ who strengthens her. So we bless her, Lord. And the church over Anna says, Amen. And for Ezra, God, I thank you that you have a spark in Ezra that was long before even his parents met or his grandparents met that in heaven you saw Ezra's face and you spoke over him even though you walk through the darkest valley you will not fear because I'm with you And even as Ezra has walked through dark valleys, he's continued to make you the center of his desire. And so we can't even imagine what you have in store for Ezra. 
But we know, God, it is good because you are good. And Lord, we speak in agreement with you over Ezra's life that Ezra can do everything, all things that he's been designed to do, created for you to do in Christ who strengthens him. So we bless him. We release him into that future. And the church said, Amen. And take that first Bible that we gave you with you to college. (laughs) Oh, and for grand. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you that you saw Graham even before his parents met and that he might think well I just ended up here for this or that reason but you have these plans for him and you're walking with him and you're guiding him and and you're leading him into places that he cannot even imagine It's a wide open space. And we bless you for his good heart, his kind heart, his open heartedness. We see Jesus in ground. And we know that your spirit will take him places he can't choose for himself but that he'll choose with you. And so, Lord, we speak into Graham's life and over Graham's life, your word for him, that Graham can do all things, absolutely all things that you've created him for, the things you've designed him for and resourced him for, in Christ who strengthens him. So we release him, God, to the next season in that. And the church says, Amen for Graham. Eliana. I feel like such a hog because I see grandparents and parents who would love to pray, but too bad I have the microphone. (laughs) So grateful. For this fearfully and wonderfully made in your image, child of God, we see Jesus in Eliana. We see the goodness of God. We see the excellence of God. We see her reaching for you and for all that you have designed for her. And we can't even imagine what Eliana's going to be doing in the world. But we know she's doing it with you, God. Not alone, but with you. And Lord, according to your word and your desire, your prophetic purpose over Eliana's life. 
We say that Eliana can do all things, absolutely everything that you've created for her to do. You have given her every resource to live fully into that, so we bless her, and she can do it in Christ who strengthens her. And the church says, Lord bless you. Pray it over them.
So God, we bless our church community and our graduates and their families as we go forth today. And God, we go with grateful hearts knowing that you are with us uh, through fear. God, you're with us through any failure and you're with us through every part of our lives. So for our friends and neighbors, we pray blessing. We say go forth in peace and the goodness and the love of God this day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we all said together, amen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We hope to see you back here next Sunday. Register your kids, but you don't have to register yourself. We'll see you then. Here we go.